the sermon series that we've been talking about the last uh, few weeks, Birthing Miracles. Birthing Miracles, and uh, we want to just continue along those lines. Last week, we read a little bit on uh, the birth that took place between John, or for John the Baptist, and for Jesus, and the, the word that came to the parents, to Zechariah and to Mary, and we want just want to elaborate a little bit on that. Today's uh, message title for this morning is this, it is your mouth has a responsibility towards your miracle. Your mouth has a responsibility towards your miracle. Does anybody here know of someone who has a big mouth? Don't answer that question. <laughs> Do not answer that question. You'll be in trouble. You will be in trouble. Amen. But watch this. It's found in the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 18, 19, 20, and then verse 34. A conversation is taking place with a messenger that was sent from heaven. Gabriel, the angel, came down and appeared to certain individuals. One of them was Zechariah. Verse 18 of Luke 1 says, Zechariah said to the angel, conversation taking place, how can I be sure this will happen. I am an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. That was a conversation between Zechariah and the angel. You got to understand, if you read the verses prior to that, Zechariah, the priest, was in the temple. The angel appeared to him and gave him this message. Your wife, Elizabeth, will have a child. You will have the answer to your prayer. For you and your wife have been praying for a child and you have not been able to have one all these years. And so Zechariah took that and there was, instead of faith rising up, doubt began to set in. Isn't it amazing how many people can probably relate to Zechariah in that place? Because you hear a word that God specifically is saying to you, and instead of receiving, embracing that, doubt begins to set in. And can I tell you, there's a danger when doubt sets in instead of faith rising up. And so Zechariah answered and said, how can this happen? I am already old and my wife is not far behind. That's what he said. And the angel said, I'm going to do something because if not, things will get worse. So he silenced Zechariah. He asked the question, how can this happen? And silence came upon him. Verse 34, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? For I am a virgin. Questions that were asked from both uh, individuals, Zechariah and Mary, 
Here it goes. You can question the process, but do not question the outcome. Zechariah and Mary asked the same identical question to the angel. Yet, the consequences were different. Zechariah ends up silenced. Heaven shuts his mouth. In other words, your words have consequences. Can I repeat that again? Your words have consequences. You have the ability with your mouth, with your words, uh, to unleash the blessings uh, over your life, over your family, your future, or to hold back the miracle. Understand that. You have the ability with your mouth, with your words, to release, unleash the blessing or hold back the miracle. In other words, uh, your mouth is powerful. Tell your neighbor next to you, your mouth is powerful. Your words are powerful. You you can understand this, that with your mouth and with your words, you have the ability to bind it or to release it. With your mouth and your words, you have the ability to bless it or to curse it. To accept it or to reject it. To build or to destroy. To construct or to disconstruct. And if you read the Bible, the book of Proverbs says that with your mouth, you have the ability, whether you believe it or not, to make it live or to kill it. Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue can bring death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The, 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 The tongue has the power The ability to bring life or to bring death. Here it is. Words really do matter. Confession really does matter. Declaration matters. It does matter what you say, what you confess, what you declare. With your words, ladies and gentlemen, with Your words with your mouth, you either guarantee the miracle or stop the miracle from ever materializing. How powerful is this? How dangerous is this? How much of a blessing can this be? Zechariah expressed doubt regarding the outcome. There was doubt that set in him. So, What does Gabriel the angel do? What does God do through this angel Gabriel? The Bible says that heaven silenced Zechariah, taking the ability to speak away from him. He silenced Zechariah. And some of you might be thinking right now, man, that's pretty tough. And some of them, some of you might be thinking, man, I wish you would silence the person next to me. Don't say that. Don't say that. Some of you might be thinking, man, God was punishing this man. And if we think about it in that way, just a, a punishment and leave it there, then we have it all wrong. Because, watch this, God did not silence Zechariah. Elizabeth's husband. 
husband to punish him or just to punish him. On the contrary, God silenced him in order to protect him. Mm. Wow. It was a temporary silence. It was not a permanent one. It was more about protecting the future and less about punishing the now. God works in ways that you and I will never understand. God's ways are better than our ways. His thoughts are more powerful than our thoughts. God was not using this to punish him. He was doing this to protect him. It was not about his now. It was about his future. So this is what God does. God sometimes will put us on mute in order to prevent us from hindering the fulfillment of his purpose in our lives. Sometimes God will mute our now in order to help us, protect us from hindering the fulfillment of the purpose that he has for each and every one of us. Because many times our words get us in, into trouble. Our words stop us from moving forward. I will never make it. I will never amount to anything. That's all I've been told, and, and that's what I declare over my life. My marriage will never succeed. My family will never prosper. My business will always stay there, and I, I will go into bank. And our words many times prevent us from fulfilling the purpose that God has placed our our lives. So God has to silence our now. To help the fulfillment of our future purpose. He will lower, watch this. He will lower the now volume. He will lower your now influence. He will lower your now impact. And your now access to resources. In order to prevent damaging the next that he has for you. So he lowers the now. He silences the now. Sometimes God has to put us on temporary mute in order to preserve the permanent purpose that he has for our lives. He's preparing something in us. He will silence you for a season in order to give you a song that will fill the rest of your life with joy and purpose and clarity and fulfillment. He will mute you temporarily in order that you will be able to develop a song. In other words, something that rises up on the inside of you. Something that moves on the inside of you. And God mutes you for a moment. That's what he did with Zechariah. He put him on mute because he was about to damage uh, the word that was spoken over his life. Uh, and that could have resulted in, in stopping and hindering the promise uh, that God had for him and for his wife. So God says, I gotta mute you for, I've gotta mute that doubt. I've gotta mute that fear. I've gotta mute that insecurity. I've gotta put it in silence. Oh, but when God unmutes you, man, 
When God unmutes you, everyone that knows you will hear your testimony loud and clear. When God unmutes you, listen, everyone that knows you will hear your testimony loud and clear. Look what the Lord has done. Look what God has fulfilled in my life. What God is about to do next in your life requires that you be careful with the words that come out of your mouth. Let me repeat that again. What God's about to do next in your life, in your home, in your marriage, in your children, in your children's children, in your calling, in your mind, in your spirit, what God's about to do next will require for you to be careful with the words that come out of your mouth. Why, Proverbs 18:21, there's power of death and life in your mouth, in your words, what you speak over your life, what you speak to yourself, what you speak over your children, what you speak into your family, what you speak into your marriage, what you speak into your surroundings, what you speak into your atmosphere, what we speak into our church. Our words are powerful. Why? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Let the word of God sound loud and clear when it comes out of your mouth. So what God's about to do next, oh my God, requires for you to be careful with the words that you say. Have you ever caught yourself speaking and you're speaking in a negative context, negative tone? Have you, have you ever caught yourself speaking over your children and there's something negative? Oh, you're, oh, you're always going to be like that. Oh, you're going to be like that. And then, and then we, always, we always identify for the most part our children with something negative. Especially if it's our spouse. If they do something negative, oh, you just be just like your dad. You can be just like your mom. And we speak that not in a positive sense, but in a negative sense. And those words begin to penetrate into the lives of our children, into the hearts, into the minds. Well, if you think that about me, guess what? I'm going to start thinking about myself and start declaring it over myself as well. But wouldn't it be awesome to flip the script there? And I'm not saying that you don't, don't, don't ever say you can be like your mom or your dad, but get something good about mom and dad. Let's start changing it because there's something good in every one of us. I don't care how bad we are, there's always something good in every single one of us. And we need to bring that out and let our children and our children's children know that, oh, you know what, you're a hard worker just like your dad. You have a brilliant mind just like your mom. Oh, my God. Don't you just change that. And, oh, and start changing the, the words that come out of your mouth. Why? You're shaping the future of your children and their children and your home and your marriage. Oh, my God. You start speaking that. So we got to be careful what we say. We've got to be careful what we communicate. Because there's always somebody listening. And can I tell you, all of us, I, 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 I'm in that crowd, all of us need help with the words that come out of our mouth. All of us. Because we're all flesh and human and we all get tempted to say the wrong thing. 
And many times we do say the wrong thing. Zechariah asked in the wrong spirit, asked the wrong words. Here he was receiving something that was so powerful. Yet he told, I don't know about you, but if an angel from heaven appears to me, if an angel from heaven is there visiting me and tells me I have a message from God, I'm going to believe that. I'm going to believe, first of all, there's no reason, there's no business an angel has to leave heaven and come unless there's something special there. So if he takes time to come and visit me, I'm going to be receptive to everything he says. He said, you're going to have a son, you're going to be able to give him, and you're going to name him John, and he gave him all the details. I would not be asking that, hey, you know what? How is this going to happen? I'm already old. I'm going to celebrate. I'm old, and I'm having a baby. I'm old, and man, we're going to celebrate. Woo! Uh, hey, Liz, get ready. We're going to have a child. Come on, Lizzie, man. We, we got to It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Why? Because something happened. But look at this. So many times we hear a message, we hear a word, we hear God speaking to us, and we do the opposite. Instead of faith rising up, we allow fear and doubt. Why? Because we look at our inabilities or our limitations and think it's never going to happen. Can I tell you this? When God speaks to us, don't look at the limitations around you. Look at the unlimited power that that word has because it comes from God himself. Heaven and earth will pass away. My word will never pass away. Oh, man, man will say it and it'll fail, but when God says it, he fulfills his word. Let that word be alive in every one of us. So the first thing we've got to understand, we've got to understand that God is wanting to speak and to, he, to work in us and our mouth as a responsibility to the miracle that we're about to receive. When God, what God is about to do, and you're next, get ready. Let your words measure up to the next that God has for your life. It doesn't stop there. Mary asked a question. Angel, how is this going to happen? I am a virgin. Verse 35 says, the angel replied, watch this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Second point is this. We've got to realize that the Holy Spirit will do it. Let me just say that again. The Holy Spirit will do it. What God is about to do next in your life can only be attributed to the power of the person of the Holy Spirit. So here it is. Get ready for a season where the Holy Spirit will receive full credit of all that is taking place in your life. Get ready for a season where the Spirit of God will receive full credit for everything that is going on around you. And when we read the scriptures and read the text and read the story, it seems like it's not fair. Mary asked the same thing that Zechariah asked. 
How is this going to happen? And yet one voice was silent and the other one was not. One was made to shut up and the other one said, man, what's going to happen here? Hear this. Why? Why did this happen? Here it is. Because Mary never asked for Jesus to be born. Listen. Mary never asked for Jesus to be born. Zechariah prayed to God. And heaven shows up to an answer to prayer that he had lifted up. Mary never prayed for a son. Zechariah prayed for a son. And there's a difference. You can understand that. There's a difference between questioning the outcome for something you asked for and questioning the process for something you never asked for. Can I repeat that again? Let me just say that again. There is a difference between questioning the outcome for something you asked for and questioning the process for something you never asked for. Zechariah prayed but was doubting the outcome. Have you ever prayed and doubted at the same time? Have you ever prayed for something yet doubted that that would happen? Once you pray, watch this, do not question the process or the outcome. Mary prayed, but it was explained to her how this was going to happen. She asked a question, how would this happen? Heaven responded to Mary's question. Mary said, angel, don't you know I'm a virgin? How is this going to happen? I haven't been with anyone. And the response to her by Gabriel, the angel, was this. Mary, the Holy Spirit will do it. The Holy Spirit will do it. I need you. I need all of us here to get ready. And here's the word for us today. Here's the word for you, for your family, for your situation, for your home, for your health, for your marriage. Here is a word for you. Do not worry about it. The Holy Spirit will do it. Mary, do not worry about it. The Holy Spirit will make it happen. What about my family? The Holy Spirit will do it. What about my health? The Holy Spirit will do it. What about my career? The Holy Spirit will do it. What about relationships? The Holy Spirit will do it. What about my generation? The Holy Spirit will do it. What about my faith? The Holy Spirit will do it. What about my future? The Holy Spirit will do it. What about life? The Holy Spirit will do it. You are about to step into the season where the Spirit of God takes full credit of what he is doing. Because what he does next, uh, you can't point the finger to anything uh, or anyone else but the Spirit of God. 
You cannot give credit to no one else or nothing else. To yourself, to your thinking, to your thoughts, to your strength, to somebody else. No, what God's about to do next is only because of the Spirit of God working on the inside of you, on behalf of you. Zechariah 4, 6 said it well. It is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by my Spirit, says the Lord. Not by might, not by human knowledge, but by my spirit. Acts 1.8 says, and you will receive power, dunamis, dynamite, when the spirit of God comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You will be able to speak and declare the goodness, the righteousness, the power of God working in your life. Galatians 5.16 says that we are guided by the Spirit of God. That we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh, but we are guided by the Spirit to fulfill the desires of the Spirit of God in our lives. 2 Corinthians 3.17, for the Lord is Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Are there any free people in the house today? Free from sin, free from pain, free from bitterness, free from religiosity. We are free wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, there is freedom. Romans 8, 11, that same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave now abides, lives, dwells where? On the inside of you. Are there any spirit-filled people in the house today? Oh, are there any people that are filled with the spirit of God? Not with the world, not with nonsense, not contaminated by all the filth, but we are filled with the Spirit of God. Life and joy and peace and love. That is the kingdom of God in the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 5, 18 says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary was there at that point in her life. She was visited by the angel Gabriel. And something supernatural happens and she asks that question, how can this take place? How will it happen? And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Can I just declare over your life that 2023 is going to be a year where you see your family get saved, you see your children get saved, you see family, your entire family come to know the saving power of Jesus. And when you see them saved and worshiping Jesus, you're going to make sure that you give all the credit to the Spirit of God. Look what the Spirit of God has done. Rebellion is gone. Disobedience is gone. Darkness is gone. Addictions are gone. Division is gone. Look what God has done in my family. Salvation. Unity. There's restoration. Look what God through his spirit has done. And I declare it over your life. 2023 will be that year. In this church, when we see more people get saved, when we see more people get delivered, 
When we see more people coming in and we start seeing the chairs begin to get filled up with people that are hungry for God, longing for God, tired of the world, tired of sin, and being set free by the power of the Spirit of God. I want us to remember to give full credit to the one responsible for that. Who is it? It is the Spirit of God dwelling among us and doing His work. It is not anything that we've done. It's what the Spirit of God is doing in us, with us, and through us. And we're going to see God bring the fulfillment of his promise to our lives, to our home, to this house, to this church, in the name of Jesus. So Mary asked the question, how is this going to happen? And the angel replied without hesitation, it is by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So when people ask us, how are you going to see your miracle? Listen, it is by the Spirit of God. But it doesn't stop there. Because the conversation goes on. Verse 36, the angel is talking to Mary. And this is what he tells her. He says, Mary, not only will you see the Holy Spirit working in you, but what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. The next point I want you to remember and get into your spirit from this story, the birthing of miracles, is this. People used to say, in essence, this is what the angel was saying. I am doing something amazing in someone you know. I am performing a miracle in someone you know. I am making a way, Mary, for someone that you know. I am providing a breakthrough for someone you know. And what I'm doing for them will build your faith. Mary, what I'm doing for your cousin Elizabeth will push you forward into what God has for you. So why should I be excited, Pastor? Why should I be motivated that God's doing something for someone else? Here it is. Because when, when someone around you is experiencing a miracle or a breakthrough, it is your time to rejoice and be glad. Why? Because it only means that you're next. It only means that you're next in line. If God's doing a breakthrough in them, a healing in them, a restoration in them, a miracle in them, it only means that you're in line, but you are next for your miracle, for your breakthrough, for your blessing. You're next in line. You're next to what God has for you. You're next. The angel said to her, Mary, People used 
to say. I want you to understand the language that the angel used in this particular verse. The angel never said heaven used to say, or God used to say, or life used to say. The angel Gabriel said people used to say, past tense, people used to say she was barren. But not anymore. But not anymore. Here it is. In other words, what God did in the lives of Zechariah and Elizabeth changed what people said about them. What does that mean for us? What does that mean for you? I want you to get ready. I want you to get ready because you're about to hear those same words. As a matter of fact, the Bible is full of men and women who experienced the same description that this woman, Elizabeth, and her husband experienced. You see, people used to say Moses was a murderer, but God changed him eternally. People used to say that Rahab was a prostitute, but God changed her testimony around. People used to say that little old Gideon was a coward, was a full of fear, but he became a mighty warrior. People used to say that the Apostle Thomas was a doubter, but man, he took the gospel to the nation of India and thousands, millions of lives were transformed to this day. We were in Houston and met a lot of our Indian friends. And they were all named Thomas, either their first or their middle name. Michael Thomas, George Thomas, Thomas George. Tom and I asked the question once, hey, George, how come everybody's named Thomas? I got your friends, they're all Thomas. He told me this, well, we name our children and they named us after the Apostle Thomas. If it wasn't for him, we would have never heard and received the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that people used to say that Paul was one that interfered with the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They used to say that Paul was intolerant, that Paul was one that was persecuting. They used to say that. But what they say about Paul today, man, he wrote more than half of the New Testament. Planted churches. Took the gospel to all regions of his day and his time. So in other words, when people are talking, let them talk about what God is doing in you now. And let them use to say about you. You see... Your testimony is about to change your reputation. And what God is doing in you, with you, and through you is about to change what people used to say about you. People used to say you were sick, but not anymore. People used to say that you were broken, but not anymore. People used to say that you were bound, but not anymore. 
People used to say that you were addicted, but not anymore. People used to say that you were bitter, but not anymore. People used to say that you would never amount to nothing, but not anymore. People used to say that you'll never make it, but not anymore. People used to say that there was no hope for you, but not anymore. People used to say that your marriage was not going to make it, but not anymore. People used to say that your family was dysfunctional, but not anymore. People used to say that divorce is going to mess you up, but guess what? Not anymore. Why? Because God comes and does a transformation and a change. Get ready for a people used to say season. Get ready for a people used to say year. As a matter of fact, get ready for a people used to say rest of your life. Because what God is about to do in you, with you, and through you, watch this, is going to shut the mouth of the critics around you. I don't know if anybody's getting this or not. What God is about to do in your next, even your haters are going to acknowledge that you are blessed and highly favored. Oh, Pastor, you're getting too emotional. You're getting too carried away. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Oh, because when the conversations change, when the, when the talk begins to change, I know that God is doing something. I want you to get ready for the birthing of your miracle in your life, in your home, in your children, in your marriage, in your life, in your health, in your finances, in your heart, in your soul. God's about to change. The narrative in your life. Yes, people used to say, but look what they're saying now. I said, look what they're saying now. You're blessed and you're highly favored. Does anybody need a miracle today? I said, does anybody need a miracle today? I want you to stand. If you're not standing, would you join me in standing right now?